0: Friends. Of course, I go by the name of the kid, famous. You and I tuned to the Tim and Friends Show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast. Ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Okay, Tim, let's start this show with five, four, three, two, one. Let's go.
1: Two weeks in, episode 10 of Tim and Friends. Thanks so much for coming along for the ride. Let us know how we're doing. Honestly, at Tim and Friends on Twitter and the gram, Tell us what you like and what you don't like unless you don't like me. Then keep to yourself. Kidding. I I don't really care. I just try to do good-ish as much as I can. Just do it well and do it with passion. That is the goal here on Tim and Friends. Just like yesterday when we actually had CFL fans eavesdropping on something Sportsnet. In case you missed it, you can find it on Sportsnet now on top of yesterday's show or on our Twitter account, because here at Tim and Friends, the show may run two hours on TV and radio or 90 minutes, depending on where you get it. But it's always 24-7 on Twitter and Instagram. Also, if you have Sportsnet now, free to most Rogers customers, there's like a Netflix compilation that you can just click on and enjoy any episode of Tim and or Friends. Got it good and since you understood. On with the show, kids. The Jays already hit the field in Lakeland, Florida today. An 8-1 win over the Detroit Tigers. Highlights and the host of Blue Jays Central right here on Sportsnet. In fact, Blue Jays baseball right here on Sportsnet. Jamie Campbell in just a flash as we continue to count down to opening day on April 1st in New York. Hopefully that's not an omen. Also, busy slate across the Sportsnet family of channels. The Raptors in action tonight looking to snap a six-game losing streak at home to the NBA best, 29-11, and 11. Utah Jazz. Coverage starts at 7.30 Eastern with my guy Brad Fay. Sportsnet East and one is where you can find that. The rumors continue to swirl around Norm Powell and even still Kyle Lowry. We'll try to address those a little later on in the show. And in the game of ice hockey, two in the Scotia North tonight, Thatcher Demko will make his eighth straight start as the Canucks visit the Habs regionally on Sportsnet. Pacific, and the Flames and Leafs also a regional delicacy on Sportsnet West and Ontario. Cal- Calgary, excuse me, 3-1 and one since bringing Daryl Sutter back into the fold, and all of a sudden, the Leafs have company at the top of the North. Sean McKenzie drops by a little later on to give us the latest from Scotiabank Arena. The Leafs are now tied for top spot in the North after the Oilers got another win last night. 2-1 over the Jets. Connor McDavid scored both. And funny, despite all the chatter, all the hype that surrounds McDavid, I asked Gene Principe if we were still taking for granted what Connor did and he goes out and does it again. He is now one goal back, of Austin Matthews, for the league lead, but has 22 more points than Austin Matthews. It is crazy. McDavid has 16 more points than anyone not on his team. Think of that for a second. He's got 58 points. Leon's got 49. Next closest, Patrick Kane with 42. If my math serves me correct, that's 38% more points than Kane. And more than enough to make Brent Burns uh, struggle to eat it. It's the Kit Kat commercial. Sorry, it's stuck in my head. You've seen it a thousand times. Uh, We will take a closer look at just what in the good name of David Vaborney McJesus is doing right now, and what those stats mean. Justin Bourne, but it's a big day for gamblers, money, and of course, amateur sport, as the NCAA gets us going in First Things First.
2: (laughs) First Things first.
1: First. It's that time of year again for many basketball fans, the best time of year. March Madness is back after a year hiatus, and like many things these days, it's a little different than what we're used to. The men's tournament is underway in an Indianapolis bubble, while the women will play in San Antonio beginning on Sunday. But with so much of what we love about the tournament, tournament in English, missing, no bands, no fans, no student sections, no mascots, and with much of that pomp and circumstance stripped away, there is a wonderful amount of focus on the games and, of course, the NCAA in all its power and glory. Forbes magazine recently called March Madness the most profitable postseason TV deal in sports. The latest deal pays the NCAA almost $20 billion over the next 22 years. That's billion with a B, billion. Yet despite all the money, yesterday Stanford sports performance coach Ali Kirshner posted photos on Instagram showing the women's training facilities, a single stack of weights next to a training table with yoga mats, and compared it to pictures of the sprawling men's facility in Indianapolis, writing, these women want and deserve to be given the same opportunities in a year defined by a fight for equality. This is a chance to have a conversation and get better. Those pictures quickly went viral. And I waited on hitting the retweet button. I swear I thought there was some sort of mistake. There was no way with all the accusation of the NCAA's inequality, inconsistency, and flat-out overall incompetence. They could miss on this. Not here, not now, not in this day and age. It made no sense. Hell, they're in a fight with the athletes who, remember, Of the billion dollars a year the schools make on just men's basketball, the athletes get a grand total of zero, nada, nil. In exchange for an athletic scholarship, they're not permitted to make money in any other way. And they're not allowed to because the schools themselves and their boosters screwed up the entire system by paying kids' parents' Friends, coaches, hangers-on, whoever they could pay, they paid for the very athletes that they are now fighting not to pay. Got it? Several high-profile men's players have launched a campaign with the hashtag Not NCAA Property, using the spotlight of the tournament to underscore their concern that the NCAA too often treats college athletes like dollar signs rather than people. Rutgers senior guard Geo Baker articulated it real well when he tweeted, The NCAA owns my name, image, and likeness. Someone on a music scholarship can profit from an album. Someone on an academic scholarship can have a tutor service. For people who say an athletic scholarship is enough, anything less than equal rights is never enough. I am hashtag not NCAA property. So, in order to fix the mistakes of the high and mighty, they changed the rules that affected the lowest on the ladder, who happen to actually produce the product they sell for a billion dollars a year. Someone likes this, they're texting me. All this is a familiar refrain. After a promise after promising, excuse me, in 2019 to vote on name, image, and likeness rights in January of this year. The NCAA delayed the vote. Why, you ask? Well, I'm glad you did. Sorry, why do you ask? Well, I'm glad you did. They did by hoping that they would be bailed out by a Supreme Court decision expected in the coming months that could grant them the power to decide where the line between amateurism and pro sports lies. In other words, they could create their own rules again. This one is so bad that several states have already passed laws that will make the NCAA's current rules on amateurism illegal. And many other states are running to close similar bills just in case because schools in their states would be at a competitive disadvantage if the Supreme Court goes against the institutions of the NCAA. Listen. Watching a lot of sports these days requires some degree of cognitive dissonance. But this one is stretching it back to the ask of equality from the men and from the women. The NCAA responded to the original tweet from the performance coach at Stanford. By the way, a school whose endowment currently sits at $30 billion. They responded by saying this was a simple case of space, not enough space for a real workout room. For the woman fair enough at least until oregon's sedona prince blew them up on tiktok
3: i got something to show y'all so for the ncaa march madness the biggest tournament in college basketball for women this is our weight room
4: let me show y'all the men's weight room
3: Now, when pictures of our weight room got released versus the men's, the NCAA came out with a statement saying that it wasn't money, it was space that was a problem. Let me show y'all something else. Here's our practice court, right? And then here's that weight room, and then here's all this extra space. If you aren't upset about this problem, then you're a part of it.
1: Oof. Hold on a second here.
4: <laughs> Mandarin!
1: It always seems like those who get away with the most push the envelope the furthest. Human nature. Listen, if you're gorging yourself on basketball over the next three weeks, like I have for years, nobody is saying you can't enjoy it. Just understand it. Nobody is saying it's not fun as hell. Nobody is saying it doesn't benefit a lot of the athletes involved. Nobody is saying that the system is completely broken. All we're saying is that it could be better, and it should be better.
2: First,
1: first, first, first. P.S. I got Gonzaga. <clears throat> Allow me to introduce our digital producer, Jesse Rubinoff. Jesse, I know you're a college basketball mm-hmm. fan. It's okay to love it and still want it to be better, right?
5: hundred percent. I mean, that's what we should all be striving for as individuals and as companies and as the NCAA. It should be progress. We should be trying to be progressive with things like this. In this situation... Is anything but progressive to me. Yeah. And I gotta ask, like, what did the NCAA think was gonna happen? All of these athletes are walking around, everyone has a, a cell phone. Yeah. Everybody has a phone that they can videotape, right? Six women go into that room, they can't all work out together. What do you expect's gonna happen? Yeah. It's like You're gonna
1: be upset. It's like many institutions, including their own. It's antiquated and they don't know how to evolve with the times. It's like
5: people had to sit in a room and decide, <laughs> here is where we're gonna put the women's workout yeah. room. We're gonna put Six dumbbells down. <laughs> but
1: why would you even do that? Like, why? Would, it was almost as if someone was making the joke for them. Right. That's how bad. It, that's why I didn't tweet it out immediately. They wanted the publicity almost. I thought it was a joke. Yeah. I literally thought someone was pulling a prank, and all these people had fallen for
5: it. Well, how could you not? Six. We said six sets of dumbbells. Yeah. One yoga mat that they made sure to say was sanitized. <laughs> and you're looking at all this space now. It's just. It's a. It's mind-blowing that some people at the NCAA could sign off on a situation like that. It's incredibly disappointing. Who, whoever
1: for did is in big trouble yeah. right now. Yeah,
5: definitely. Got the president of the NCAA yeah. talking now. It's made its way up the chain. So, yeah. so enjoy it. it. Just
1: understand exactly what it is. Uh, <laughs> our next guest, our hour one contributor, you know uh, from your screens as the host of Blue Jay Central right here on Sportsnet. But what you might not know is that Jamie Campbell has also been making a huge difference in the community with the Conquer COVID-19 family, volunteering his time and energy to deliver PPE and supplies to communities in need throughout Ontario, making trips as the pandemic hit as far north as Timmins, Thunder Bay, other communities who were most in need. And Jamie's efforts were recognized this week as he was part of a Zoom call with a fa- rather famous Canadian, who had this message for our dude Jamie Campbell.
3: Jamie, that that simple idea of being there for each other is uh, is sometimes not. As simple as we'd like it to be in a country as big as Canada. So, uh, anything uh, that brings us together, particularly in times of difficulty, is amazing. But you went uh, really above and beyond in that, and it's just a great, uh, uh, great story, but a great example of of even as we're isolated, uh, that that engagement, and that connection, is more important than ever before. And and uh, just people looking for ways to have that maximal impact. I mean, you've uh, uh, you've been uh, to all those places with your voice, with your sports podcasts uh but going there in person made all the all the bigger difference so it's just wonderful to see you stepping up alongside so many others so thanks jamie for everything you've done thank you sir
1: ladies and gentlemen jamie hey. Campbell. nice to see you that's
6: awesome man nice to be in a place of employment for goodness <laughs> sakes you know it, it's it fun. is nice
1: and to have the prime minister of our country shout you out. Yeah,
6: you know, I had a few people tweet me and uh, a couple of friends texted me and I said, you know, I've met Prime Minister Trudeau a couple of times and the first time I met him, he was six years old <laughs> and um, he had attended a game with his father, then Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau, April 22nd, 1978, the wow. Blue Jays. And the Chicago White Sox. And I remember it vividly for two reasons. One, it's the first triple A, the uh, triple play the Blue Jays ever turned. Right. And two, my dad, for some reason, booked us a table at a restaurant in Toronto called the Organ Grinder. Oh, yes. We walked in. It was virtually empty. And the person at the front said, you know, we're having a special guest. You're welcome to stay if you'd like. But there won't be anybody else but you and them here. And I said, let's stay. Right. Next thing you know, we're sitting at a table, and here <laughs> walks haunted. the prime minister and his three sons. They sat down yeah. right beside us. Yeah. And, of course, Brazen Jamie gets up from the table, wanders over and takes his menu with him and says, can you sign this, and introduces himself to the, the three kids. So.
1: That's awesome. Yes. Yes. Uh, anyone of a certain vintage who grew up in Toronto probably had a birthday at the Organ Grinder. Probably. Yes. <laughs> I don't think it exists. Anymore. No, I don't think so no. either. And they played the entertainer and you thought you were the coolest kid on planet oh, earth. Oh, goodness, yeah. All right. Um, so the Organ Grinder Justin Trudeau I want to get back to the conquer COVID-19 cuz I've had a little bit of a chance to interact with those the, the people that have put this together from I don't know six people on a WhatsApp mm-hmm. to getting Ryan Reynolds, Haley Wickenheiser all involved. Like what was that experience like for you, especially at the start of the pandemic when the worry seemed so high? It it seemed a lot
6: higher than it is now, right? Yeah. Um and, and you've been um integral and and we certainly appreciate it. Those of us who who volunteered, uh, because they had the time. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I would have had the time if a baseball season had begun when it was supposed to begun last year. So, um, you know, as I like to tell people, I was kind of unemployed anyway. (laughs) So I threw myself into uh, a great group of people at conquer COVID-19 and made it very clear as I did to the prime minister in our chat on zoom the other day. And I've lived in small communities in this country, I spent two summers in Timmins, Ontario, and and I found by living in places like that, that small communities don't feel like they're appreciated and sometimes recognized by the bigger centers in this country. Right. And so when I volunteered, uh, I went to the co-founder of Conquer COVID-19, um, a gentleman by the name of Suleiman, who's been uh A a very important um intersector in my life in in this last year and i said i would like to take uh the northern drives anything that's outside of the gta yeah i'd like to do it because i'd like people to see my face in timmins sudbury north bay thunder bay right Brockville, Um, wherever it was, I ended up going because I felt it was important for us to send a message, not just courier the stuff up there, which we could have done. Right. Drive it up there myself and let people know that um, that we do care. And uh, I think in many respects, the message got through.
1: Uh, I hope that you also had a nice Volvo to take up there that was a sweet ride yeah, nice yeah I, I, I i noticed i did worry. i did try to negotiate for it when uh, when the deliveries came to an end but unsuccessfully um what sticks out from the experience to you like just i know there's a ton of them and i i was following along um on twitter and it just seems so i know you delivered coffee when you were going like that was the coolest part for me was the coffee drop-offs uh that you did along the way but i don't want to lead you to any Area like just what stuck out to you the most? I I loved doing that. I yeah. loved sending
6: out a note that I would be in, say, Smiths Falls in an hour. Yeah. And anybody that works um, uh, as a frontline uh, contributor, let me know. Let me know what you want. I'll pull into a drive-through yeah. and I'll get it for you. And there's a, a a couple that I ended up going to see near Smiths Falls who lived on a beautiful lake. I don't remember the name of the lake and. I mean, that was the gift for me, right? Yeah. This complete stranger gets to show up and bring you coffee at your residence. And I'm not a stranger to them because they see me on TV. They trust me. So it's not strange right. to pull in and say hello to people. I did that in Timmins. I did it for a regional hospital in Listowel, the home of Corey Connors. Yeah, nice. and, um, and I got such a kick out of being able to do that, um, my, my favorite memory might be off-roading near Timmins. I took the car off the highway into a deep forest region nice. uh, on a road that is only used by logging trucks and ended up having to stop for about 15 minutes while two moose calves um, absorbed some sunshine right in the middle of the road, and I couldn't get
1: around them. They are just tanning. So I just sat there in my car and watched <laughs> no. for a while and felt <laughs> grateful to be alive. Nice. That's awesome. And, and you hear people say when you give, you're the one that gets the reward. Mm -hmm. And you often think in times not like these, ah, that's horse bleep. But you kind of lived it, didn't you? Like you got got to feel when you gave or you delivered these things, that the smile that you get from someone who's actually appreciative for something that you did rewards you too. Those people would not know that I'm the one that was
6: deriving benefit from this. That when a particular paramedic, and Timmins started welling up when I showed up at their station with PPE. He didn't quite understand that I was the one yeah. that was benefiting, not so much them. It was wonderful that they would be so receptive, yeah. but that they would receive me
1: is what gave me joy. That's so cool. Uh, Jamie Campbell is in studio here, and we're going to talk Jace. Don't worry, we will. Uh, but you've mentioned Timmins a couple times, and I would be remiss if I didn't, quote, the pride and joy of Timmons, uh, Shania Twain. (laughs) you uh, your Justin Trudeau, don't impress me much. (laughs) Trudeau sent us a clip, too. For those who didn't see it, after congratulating Sid for his little move to breakfast television or whatever the hell that is, Justin Trudeau gave him some sort of video. But we got a video of our own from Justin Trudeau and or someone kind of sort of like Justin Trudeau. He did record a little bit of a video for us. Oh, geez. Yeah, don't was it worry. supposed to play there? It, was, it, might, oh, okay. it might have supposed to have played there. It okay. did not play that there. That was awkward. But did you see the video of it? Let's, let's show the video one more time. It is, I mean, you can tell how professional this may or may not be. But that's, uh, that's all we got for now. When the technology and stuff sorts out, we'll get it for you. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> by the end, by the I, time I you hope leave, this is sorted out before yeah, I go. Time for a break. Uh, when we come back, maybe we'll sort that out. We'll also get some highlights from the Jays. Also, talk Jays with Jamie. Plus, a solid feel for the best of the week. Justin Bourne on McDavid's amazing season and the Leafs returning to action. The Friday edition, can't you tell, of Tim and Sid right here on Sportsnet. It's a two-on-one.
7: McDavid and Nugent Hopkins. McDavid shoots and scores! His second goal of the game and 20th of the campaign. The Oilers have pulled into a first-place tie with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Three-shot is the
4: how did he rob Warren Fogle?
0: Ha-ha! <laughs> 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 College basketball. This is March Madness.
4: Are you kidding me?
1: Whether you pick all number one seeds or you were the only person in your pool to pick UMBC that one time. What's most important is that nobody else cares. Friends, the Jays played their 17th game of the spring earlier today. A lot of eyes on Robbie Ray. And you know why? They need starting pitching. He looked good. Five and a third, allowing just one earned run, striking out seven while walking just one. The offense also looking good. Alejandro Kirk in the second hit a solo shot. Then in the fourth, floodgates open. Josh Palacios, solo shot of his own. Then Jonathan Davis and Joe Panic. they go back to back. The Jays roll 8-1 over the Tigers, perhaps uh, the most notable thing from that game as we bring Jamie Campbell back into the conversation. Mm-hmm. Robbie Ray? Great news. Yeah. Yeah. His spring numbers are terrific.
6: His, um, his work with with Alejandro Kirk has yeah. been exceptional, too, and he continues to rave about the guy that went deep. Yeah. And I get the sense that there's very little question about his standing with the major league roster. (laughs) Oh, goodness, he's making this team. Yeah, Uh, This this thought that perhaps, as you look at some of the numbers that Ray has put up over the course of spring uh, for the radio audience, a sub-2 ERA, which is wonderful, but just spring baseball, right? And they're playing the same teams over and over and over (laughs) again for the rest of the spring schedule. It's just the Tigers, the Yankees, and the Phillies. But still... um, that Kirk has shown the pitching staff something defensively and then comes in and, and, and ropes a home run that was about at his eyes <laughs> yeah. is an indication that, you know, with all due respect, he's not Reese McGuire. And, and frankly, I'm one of those guys who says, I don't care that he's got nothing above single A prior yeah. to last season. If, if you think this guy can be a contributor to a team that wants to
1: get to the postseason, he belongs on this roster. It's funny. I wrote down on my notes, you're not supposed to go from the Florida State League to this. No. But who cares? But some do. Yeah.
6: Right? It's rare, but some do. Yeah. And and some are ruined by quick advancement. Yeah. Um, I seem to remember a catcher. I think he was the number three overall pick years ago by the name of Jeff Clement, who was rushed and never amounted to anything. And it happens frequently. Yeah. I don't see Alejandro Kirk getting ruined by
1: quick promotion personally. Right. right. Uh, So, he'll. I'm with you. I think he'll be on the opening day roster with Danny Jansen, and it looks like he's got a battery mate in Robbie Ray. It looks Mm -hmm. like Robbie Ray is comfortable with him. So, you got at least that start, and then wherever you want his bat in the order. Now, the bat in the order is really interesting. Vladdy, another three-for-three day today, or at least that was my last check. I think he was yanked after the game. Yes, he was. Uh, Thank you very much. That is why Jamie hosts Blue Jays baseball right here on Sportsnet. Uh, He's hitting 600. He's slugging like 900. I don't want to put any pressure on the kid, but I think he's going to bat 500 this year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a stretch. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think his, is his,
6: it? his OPS is 1-6. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and again, this is great to see. Again, this is spring training. Again, they're playing the same teams over and over and over again. And that's not some powder puff that was on the mound starting for Detroit today. That's Casey Mize, who was the number one overall choice a couple of years ago. And then I believe Daniel Norris came in uh, in relief for Detroit. Um, What you're seeing from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is enticing because we have not seen the best of him. Mm -hmm. And he's only 22 years of age and will be for the rest of the season. Um, I think it's going to be so exciting to see what we think this kid is capable of doing. I think he's going to get there. I know when he was summoned to the major leagues two years ago, excellence was expected right away. Doesn't happen that quickly for everybody. Um, Juan Soto has excelled at a young age. Fernando Tatis Jr. has done so. Might take Vladdy a bit longer, but uh, you're seeing right now in spring training what he's capable of being. If he can put that together um, consistently over 162, then you're going to have a a multi-time all-star.
1: Host of Blue Jays baseball, Jamie Campbell here on Tim and Friends. Uh, do you think you mentioned the other names, you know, the Sotos, the the Tatis Juniors, the Ocunas. Do you think Vladdy watching those guys, one, put up ridiculous numbers, kind of rise towards superstardom and get paid, mm-hmm. may have put a little bee in the bonnet? That's a great
6: question. One worth asking him. I'm not so sure it's the bee in the bonnet as much as I'm kind of supposed to be there too. Right. What's holding me back? Right. And, you know, and maybe it truly was grandma's cooking. Right. right. We, we won't <laughs> know. Every, yeah. every feature we ran on Sportsnet <laughs> that showed those rice and bean compilations that <laughs> she was making for his condo in Toronto. I got hungry just looking at yeah, it. Right. Understood. So who knows? Um, who, who knows what inspires him? Right. Um, I hope whatever it is um, has worked whether or not it's the weight loss and, and he's in better shape. It's funny, if you'd asked me this a year ago, I would have sort of poo-pooed the whole, does he really need to lose that much weight? Because look how well David Ortiz hit, right. weighing in at whatever he carried throughout his career. And David Ortiz, if you take a, um, you know, his, his, his alleged yes. um, drug use away, mm-hmm. is, is a Hall of it's Fame hall hitter, of fame, yeah. right? But that's all he was. He was a D.H., and if that's all you're expecting from Vladimir Guerrero Jr., my my argument always was: why is it so necessary that he slim down to 200 or so pounds? But if it means he's a more athletic player and
1: he's uh, sturdier and a better hitter all around, I'm I'm absolutely for it. Yeah, it almost seems like placebo effect now too. Like not only does he look good, but it looks like he feels good looking good, which is half the battle. What what's the name? I mean, Robbie Ray is a name for me that is really important to this team, and it's nice to see him do what he's doing. <laughs> what's, the, what's the name in this lineup or around this team that you think if this guy can give them a little more than most people expect could really make a difference?
6: I would say Hunjin Ryu is the most important player they have, yeah. with all due respect to the guy getting $150 million, because you need him every five days to be exceptional. If they could get better things out of Ray and Matt's, I think that will make up for the lack of big name, free agent acquisition in the off season. Right. It'll make up for the absence of the Jake Odorizzi yeah. or Trevor Bauer or whoever it was. People thought they should go after in the off season. So, I think if, if Ray and Matts specifically um, can come back and be where they were in previous years, then you're going to have a very strong one, two, three. Um, and let's keep in mind there is going to be a trade deadline yes. this year. Let's keep in mind the Blue Jays have one of the best farm systems in all of baseball. It's stacked with prospects, prospects that could easily be used to acquire other arms, if you find your, mm-hmm. you know, challenging for the division, mm-hmm. they did it once before, and and I am one who will
1: happily watch them do it again, yeah. if it means they become a better club. Yeah, I kept I saying that. Like I get, I get you wanted another name arm, but Taiwan Walker didn't start the year with the team last year. Right. Robbie Ray didn't start the team start with the team last year, so there could and be. And it that. cost them almost nothing. Little, right? Yeah. Cost them. I mean. They got stripling from the
6: Dodgers for a, a kid they took it with their second pick in the draft last year, uh, Kendall – and his last name escapes Raven. me. No. Kendall, um, no, Kendall Graveman? No, Kendall Graveman was several years ago. Yeah. I think he's with <laughs> Seattle now. Yes. Good one, though. Um, deep, but, deep cut. But right either, way, either way, I, I, I love some of the kids that are there now that we haven't yeah. seen at the major league level. Austin Martin, Jordan Groshens, Groshens yeah. Simeon Woods Richardson. All of these kids, Alex, no wonderful, idea. Gabriel Marino. But, but if, if one of those players or two of those players is going to get you a frontline starter midway through the season, I'd rather go that route because I will put my stock personally in, in, in major league players, major league
1: caliber players every time. Jamie Campbell's in studio. Um, what do you miss most about spring training? Ooh, weird things. Is it
6: the smell of a rental car? Okay. <laughs> One, um, when you, I kind of get that. When you grab your bags, get into that rental car, exit the parking lot and put the window down and smell that fresh Florida, air. Yeah. Florida yeah. Uh, seabound air. Mm-hmm. I oddly enough, miss the sound of the Ospreys that nest in the light standards above the backfields and make, um, an annoying sound. Miss that for sure. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of things I miss. You know what I don't miss? I don't miss walking into one of those grocery stores without a mask on because every video I see of the, <laughs> yeah, of the Florida. local publics in Dunedin, it's just a bunch of people without masks. So that part of it, I don't miss.
1: I'm, I miss, uh, I miss sitting in a couple of empty seats and stretching out in the sun. Mm-hmm. Like just, I, I never really went down to Florida. I'm talking about like, last year not going to any games. Like yeah. just that feeling. and you know when I go to a game usually I'll bring my son down to a game. We sit down that left field line. Yes. Just below your perch at the Rogers Center. Stretch the legs out, have a drink or two while watching the game. That's that like that is my wheelhouse and I can't right. wait to get back to that spot.
6: And I miss I miss um as spring training goes, I miss doing the work at the stadium during the day. And then going off around lunchtime to the minor league facility, they're all in one now, essentially. And and just, you know, having a moment on a backfield with a couple of guys that are just brand new to the organization the, and we may see in a big league uniform. That in are happy six to six,
1: talk to you, right? Like, like they're, Kendall they're, they're,
6: Williams, yeah. who is the last Kendall name of the Williams kid who yeah. ultimately got dealt to the uh, Dodgers. I think he was the last prospect I had a good chat with on a backfield right. last year before we all got sent home.
1: Um guys do we have uh I, I was trying to i was trying to big time jamie campbell with a video of justin trudeau uh, earlier in the show because he along with my former co-host sid Sixero, were shouted out by the prime minister of this country and i had a shout out too it just didn't fire so second time around campbell check this out okay. this is here's justin trudeau
8: greetings tim and friends uh I just wanted to stop in and say congratulations to Tim on the first week of the new show. For decades, you've entertained Canadians with your daily sports updates. And I know you will continue to do that. Things in the studio may look and smell. a little different these days. But Tim, I know that you and friends will give Canadian sports fans all the information they need and more. So congratulations again. Stay safe. Stay well. And remember, Wu-Tang is for children. You
6: know, I recognize that mouth, and that is not Justin nope. Trudeau.
1: Uh, no, it might it might be cameraman Sebastian Moran, but either that or a bad rendition of Annoying Orange. <laughs> yeah, that's, exa- that's exactly where the idea was stolen from, and our Conan O'Brien, just period. Uh,
6: I guarantee I'm getting an email now from the Prime Minister's office <laughs> just for
1: being on this program. <laughs> is that? It's not. It's a joke. Thanks I think people lot. know we're kidding. Yes, it's not really. All right, Jamie, would you stick around for the best of the week? I'll think about it. I promise it won't include the Prime Minister. Will you stick around? I uh, Yes. All okay, right. fine. Still to come, Justin Bourne. Are there snacks? <laughs> Do we have snacks? Let's get snacks. Uh, Justin Bourne, a couple games of ice hockey on Sportsnet later tonight. But coming up, Giannis goes cheesesteak in the best of the week. Right here on Sportsnet. Tim and friends, best of the week. Here's how it works. Jamie Campbell, who is in studio. We gather the best that we've seen from the week. We put it out on Twitter. Okay. Show everybody the clips. Mm -hmm. They vote on it. And they determine the best of the week. Oh. The friends determine the best of the week. I am going to help. You are going to help. We're friends. Are we? I hope so. I saw a tweet earlier today that hurt me. I know what you saw. I won't bring it up. March Madness, full swing. The tensions are high. Everybody wants the perfect bracket. We all want to brag about calling upsets But if you don't hit one, it's okay Move on, don't lie about it Because the truth doesn't stay buried forever Case in point, Soap Stars on The Young and the Restless Young and the Restless on Tim and Friends
0: Phyllis, there's something I need to tell you Something I've never told you before Okay, tell me It's serious It could change everything
5: Nick, is there someone else?
0: No. No way, there could never be anyone else.
5: Okay, so just tell me.
0: Okay. In 2012, I didn't have Lehigh over Duke like I told everyone I did.
5: <laughs> what did you just say?
0: I had Duke in the whole thing. My bracket was in ruins. The Plumley brothers, they were amazing. I, what was I supposed to do? Get out of my hotel. Don't act like you didn't think Austin Rivers was unstoppable Get too. Get
4: out of my life!
1: <sighs> oh, the classic wow. Nick Newman. Wow. There was a time in my life. I had hair. Luxurious. Long hair. Where you watched that program? And people thought I looked like Nick Newman. Oh, Okay. That is no longer the case. All right. Uh, uh, we can't <laughs> – this we can't lie about. Philly has some of the best cheesesteaks around. If you've ever had the pleasure of standing in line at Pat's King of Steaks, Geno's across the street, uh, you'll know. You better come correct with the terminology or it's the back of the line, kid. So after the Bucks sixers game on Wednesday, Giannis Compo got a lesson from the media on the how to properly order his cheesesteak.
2: I'm not gonna lie. I was a little surprised to see
8: you not with a cheesesteak. Can somebody grab me one, please? Yeah. Hey, give me the the steak one with the mustard and cheese, American cheese, please. In Philly, they call that whiz whiz. Give me the. This is the whiz whiz? Yeah. I got, I got, I got the whiz whiz.
0: Whiz whiz. Whiz whiz? Yeah, now. That
8: doesn't sound right to me
0: though.
8: Whiz whiz. Whiz whiz. Whiz whiz. Whiz whiz. Okay. No, that does sound right to me. That sounds like it's kinda shaky, you know. You know what I'm saying? But okay. What's your question? Someone. Thank you, Dad. What you say Swiss wheat? Sweet? Sweet, sweet.
1: Sweet, sweet. Is it just me or is he adorable? He is. What is
6: American cheese? I think it's just cheddar. Just the floppy stuff that you yeah, put on the cheese bread?
1: I think it's just cheddar. Okay, so it's yeah.
6: cheddar, but they call it American cheese. Is it processed?
1: Does it have to be processed? I've, I think it's just I've cheddar.
6: never understood that one.
1: Yeah, the American no. cheese thing. Well, we're not Americans, so we don't have to. That's why I don't yeah. understand it. No. <laughs> yes. Uh, we are just as confused as Giannis, not only with the American cheese, but the whiz wit. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Uh, he wasn't the only NBA player to be puzzled with a reporter. Here's Jimmy Butler, owner of Big Face Coffee, Miami Heat star, just trying to get through the post-game interview when someone gets all loquacious with him.
3: Does it feel like you're coalescing as much as the record shows into something? I mean, ten of eleven, pretty special.
7: Don't do that. Come on now. Coming together. What the hell does that mean?
3: I mean you won ten of eleven, so you're you're obviously showing how good you can be, I would think. Uh, well, you said a big word, you can you confuse me. Oh, coalesce uh, that means coming together,
7: congealing, gelling. You could have just said that. I'm um, sorry. Yeah, I think we're coming together well. <laughs> <laughs> like
4: congealing. It. Yeah, congealing. He threw in congealing
1: yeah. at the yeah. end. Is that what is going to help? No. Goodness. When well, I think congealing. It sounds like an exchange on hinge for goodness sake. <laughs> All right, not much uh, coalescing going around anywhere at the moment. What is the gram by the way?
6: You mentioned that at the beginning of the show. Uh, Instagram? Oh, Instagram. Goodness. Right. I thought it was something I bought my parents for the 20th anniversary.
1: <laughs> the gram? Yeah, nice. Uh, that would be nice. Uh, listen, people have been working at home, on-air talent include. I told a story about my daughter doing a dance Zoom class for tap on top of my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Van Gundy of ESPN uh, found out what can happen when your cat doesn't care that you're working at home.
7: Hey, Jeff, do we need to give your cat a mic
6: for no, the rest of listen. this game? <laughs> You know, when you're doing games from home, anything can happen. Oh, there's Nietzsche. (laughs) He's a good boy.
0: It's one of four cats. You know, you got Viva, Nietzsche, George, and Buster. Oh, my goodness. And I had to feed him at halftime.
1: Four cats doesn't seem to surprise me for Jeff Van Gundy.
6: I'm starting to wonder now if Buck Martinez, Pat Tabler, and Dan Shulman have pets because they'll be
1: broadcasting from home, too. Oh, are they doing it from home this year? I think so. Yeah? I think so. I know Shulman's got a dog. We've talked about the dog several times, and he's Mm. got a dog with a lot of energy, too. So I've heard. Okay. All right. uh, Head to at Tim and Friends on Twitter. We won't tell you to go to the gram. Just at Tim and Friends on Twitter.
6: I'm a child of the '60s. You'll have to forgive me with the uh, modern
1: day terminology. Uh, get the uh, get the eight tracks ready uh, and vote at Tim and Sid on Twitter. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for popping by and doing this. This was fun. Hey, it's great to see you. So when like what's next for Blue Jays baseball? I know we got a game tomorrow, a simulcast, mm-hmm. 1 p.m. Jays Phillies. If you're looking for it, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Sportsnet. But when are you uh, you back in full swing? Not until Opening Day, April 1st. And and I'm I'm thrilled
6: it's April 1st, (laughs) right? Versus July 24th, which was opening day last year. So at least we're probably going to get 162 this year.
1: I I think we're we'll get close.
6: Right? There's you know there's there's less than two weeks until opening day. If they're going to make a change, yeah. No, but I think it it needs to be done
1: soon. We're going to have cancellations of games. And players, yes. and we'll get to that point. And I'm just saying, we might. Some teams might not get to 162 because they don't need to get Agreed. to 162. Agreed. But the vaccines in the states are a little more advanced than they are here, right? And I think that uh, we're going to start seeing players get them.
6: Well, my thought was that the players and owners would would uh, be at such a divide that the owners would find a way of pushing yes. the season further and further yeah. back to you know avoid having to pay full salaries or, right. or something. With, especially with Something similar to what we up. saw last year. But we're good. 162.
1: And, and it'll be watching. sold
6: out in Texas when the Blue Jays <laughs> yes, get there. Can yeah, you believe
1: that? Don't bring that up. Goodness. Uh, I'll be watching most of those 162 with you. Thank you very much for doing this. Great to see you, Tim. Thanks for having me. Uh, there is Jamie Campbell, one of the friends of the show. After the break, Eric Engels in Montreal, Sean McKenzie in Toronto. Leaps back in action for the first time in a week. And some new and returning faces to their lineup. We'll set it up. Plus, there is madness in March already. Huge upset in the books. We'll tell you about it next on Tim and Friends. Thanks, Jamie. Very good. That's
4: fun. Tim and
0: Friends, stop for Tim and Friends. Tim and Friends. Tim and Friends, stop for Tim and Friends. Tim and Friends. And now, time for real sports talk with Tim McCallum. Friends of the show.
1: I I jumped a gun on uh, my friend Ewan Curry of the Sheepdogs. I still thank him. I thank him all the time. Once a day for like the last, I don't know, eight years. Thank you very much, Sheepdogs. Final hour, can you tell? Of my week right here on Tim and Fred. Still to come. Best of the week winner, some March Madness highlights as round one is already underway. And yes, it is madness. Plus, Justin Bourne in studio to talk all things hockey, including. Connor McDavid's incredible season thus far. The Leafs back in action tonight for the first time since uh, Sunday as they host the Flames on Sportsnet West and Ontario regionally. And speaking of that, where we'll begin. Sean McKenzie standing by live from Scotiabank Arena and thankfully the weather is not an issue this time
2: around. indoors. Sean. Well, Tim, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but, but last time i came on the show i was asked to be outside for my hit there was a storm warning in effect many of you (laughs) saw it i get asked to be on my hit today inside it's 10 degrees and sunny i'm starting to think tim and friends isn't so friendly towards me i digress though because there is too much to talk about when it gets to tonight's game to focus on petty conspiracy theories that i'm not upset about at all let's dive into it the big one for the maple Leafs. many people know wayne simmons back in the lineup I got the chance to speak to John Tavares just about an hour ago from my pregame interview and he made it clear that on the bench in the dressing room on the ice just everywhere that Wayne Simmons is around He brings a certain energy to this Maple Leafs team and they feel that they will get a huge boost and a boost they need. They're going through one of their toughest stretches of the season, probably their toughest stretch. He'll start on the fourth line with Jason Spetz. That's because up with William Nylander and John Tavares is the newcomer, Alex Galchenyuk. The Maple Leafs were patient. They bided their time with him. They really eased him in. But tonight, a massive opportunity to play with some high-end players and find his game. There'll be a lot of eyes on him. A lot of eyes on Frederick Anderson as well. He's been adamant that he isn't at the level that he wants to be at. He said just the other day, though, he may not be feeling 100%, but he is confident he can get back to that elite level. I think the Leafs desperately need him to be at that level tonight here against the Flames.
1: How about uh, Daryl Sutter comes into the the Calgary room and he gets the high-flying Oilers and now two in a row against the Leafs. Do we expect a little Sutter pace in tonight's game or maybe a little conflict here between styles
2: i think we're gonna see a different flames team because i really think he wants to instill he said this morning when someone asked like what's the message you're sending to this Flames team he said i want to see them play flames hockey it didn't really say much but as we kind of dug a little deeper and more questions and you talked to a couple players flames hockey sounds a lot like crash and bang get in your face it's not as high flying as maybe other teams like the Oilers or the Leafs. And it was actually interesting because for the first time ever, I think the Leafs were referred to as a very complete team. Sutter said they're (laughs) offensive, they're defensive, they play well. And that's not exactly what a lot of people usually refer to the Leafs as. We know they can score, but I think we're going to see a a Flames team now moving forward that is going to be in your face. I think you're going to see a lot of Milan Lucic, you're going to see a lot of gritty gritty play and i think that's exactly what uh what sutter wants especially coming off that uh that game against the oilers where they got uh shellac pretty good and against the leafs team that wants to play uh high flying fast pace they'll try to slow them down i'm sure the well-rounded leafs and leaf fans everywhere smile thanks sean (laughs) no problem tim no hard feelings i promise
1: don't worry about it you'll be fine we'll just monitor the weather Uh, Other North Division matchup tonight features the Canucks and the Canadians from Montreal. See it regionally on Sportsnet Pacific. Habs 5-0-2 already this season against the Canucks. Despite that, Montreal just two points up on Vancouver entering play tonight. With more on this one, let's head to our guy in Montreal, Eric Angles. E, how are you, man? I'm good. They're playing my
7: music, Timmy, and uh, it might be (laughs) mail-it-in Friday for you. Yeah. uh, But it will not be mail-it-in Friday for Thatcher Demko. It hasn't been a mail-it-in month for him. He's got a 9.51 save percentage through eight starts, and he's going tonight. Travis Green says the Vancouver Canucks better be going tonight. They obviously have a big task in front of them with these Canadians, and they've got some payback at hand, and he says they'll be fired up. One guy who won't be Tanner Pearson, he can't play this game. He's out for at least the next four weeks with a lower body injury. Jimmy Vesey makes his Vancouver Canucks debut after getting claimed on waivers. And uh, from Montreal's end of it, only one change to speak of. Jake Allen looking for his first win in his last six starts also has been pretty good this season though with a 922
1: save percentage for Montreal uh, before we get into the replacement for Ben Chirot, I gotta talk about pulling the curtain back because before angles came on here in the commercial break I said is D'Ambibo gonna fire up the organ as soon as you come on and lo and behold as soon as you spoke all we could hear was that organ going
7: Yes, and I love Deanne, and I'm happy that she has played the theme music of my life. (laughs) Uh, But since you queued it up anyways, uh, I'll just take it and run. Jordan Harris, I obviously reported today uh, on Twitter that the Canadians have presented an offer to him, that it's within his hands to decide if he's going to join Montreal. He's been told, uh, at least I've been told that he's been told, he's got an opportunity to potentially burn his first year and play some NHL games right away. He's a great left-handed, fast-moving, puck-moving defenseman. Uh, that plays the left side, and the Canadians are in desperate need of one, uh, even if Mark Berger says they're good on defense.
1: Angles uh, always a pro no matter what Bebo is trying to do to distract you, playing that lovely organ music. We always appreciate you. You too. <laughs> there is Eric Angles and the legendary Deanne Bibo on the organ. Uh, to football, and Juju Smith-Schuster is heading back to the Steelers. The free agent wideout signing a one-year deal to return to Pittsburgh and try his hand at free agency again next year. Adam Schefter reporting today that the rival Ravens made a big offer, but Juju took a little less to return to Pittsburgh. To the other football, and the draw for the Champions League quarterfinals went this morning and it was juicy. A rematch of last year's final. As Alfonso Davies and Bayern Munich face PSG in the quarters. The winner of that tie gets the winner of Man City and Borussia Dortmund. So the three favorites heading into the draw, Bayern PSG, Man City, all on the same side of it. Other side opens up for Porto, Chelsea, and Real Madrid, who face Liverpool in a rematch of the 2018 final second leg quarters. Get going early in April. Toronto Raptors looking to snap their six-game losing streak tonight when they host the NBA-leading Utah Jazz. You can see it on Sportsnet 1 and Sportsnet East. Coverage starting 7.30 Eastern with my guy, Brad Faye. Raptors losing streak has reignited the Kyle Lowry trade rumors less than a week away from the deadline. ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski said in his podcast yesterday that Lowry still could be moved, despite Michael Grange saying last week on this show that he would not be dealt. We reached out. To Michael today and he said that the losing streak has not changed his opinion and he would be surprised if Kyle is indeed moved speaking of ball, March Madness already out to a flying start great playing games last night in round one still in full swing as we speak and we have our first big upset already in the books that's right kids number 15 Oral Roberts number two Ohio State who leads division 1 Oh State Club, and I told you this guy can shoot from anywhere bird Woo wow they call him midcourt max energy his confidence not afraid at all
4: <laughs> and on cue Oh, oh! again! Ace Smith cannot miss from downtown Woo
1: That's Max Ace Ace Smith get ready cuz he's good Get 18 and a half, and Oral Roberts led by three. Second half, the Buckeyes tighten up their defense on Acmus. They lost the Big Ten championship. They are the two seed. They're trying to avoid the first round upset. Final seconds, now tied at 64. Dwayne Washington had a chance to win it at the buzzer, and he would live to regret that. Over time, Miss drives, pulls up, knocks down. He had 29. Final seconds, Buckeyes down three.
9: Eight seconds left, they trail by three. Orange, the jumper, doesn't go off the window, not to the outside. Washington, off the mark and it's over. It's March, expect the unexpected. Oral Roberts has pulled off the upset.
1: The 15 seed now, nine and 132 unbelievably Oral Roberts sends the Buckeyes home Florida against Virginia Tech late in regulation Florida leading by three with a chance to put it out of reach if you remember me hosting this tournament I would always say kids you gotta hit your free throws he missed both and guess what this happened. So it was Anthony DeRuji who missed the free throws. Aleem ties it for Virginia Tech. But the redemption song comes in overtime. Here's DeRuji with the big throwdown. Gators survive. 75-70 is your final. Here's a look at the rest of the scores from today. Texas Tech beat Utah State by 12. Illinois took care of Drexel. Significant margin there. My Hartford Hawks. They're down. 16 seed. Got a buddy who works there. 79-55 losers. Arkansas beat Colgate. Loyola Chicago, number eight, is up on Georgia Tech late in the second half. You remember Ken Palm said that they might have a shot. Oregon State up big on Tennessee. That's a 12 and a 5. They are early in the second half. Of course, uh, with the return of March Madness, plenty of bracket pools, office pools already happening. We here at Tim and Friends have already uh, had some very important public service announcements sent your way. If you haven't seen it on Twitter, we need to tell you, kids, if you're in pools right now, if your bracket has been busted by Oral Roberts, here's a PSA to remind you in case you've forgotten. It's that time of year again. Well, we actually missed it last year because of the whole global pandemic, but you know what I mean.
6: Three seconds at mid Jenkins gives it to Jenkins for the
4: championship.
1: It's March Madness, a time we gather around our devices, studying seeds and rankings, formulating opinions based on not actually having watched much college basketball this year hey creighton's name is the blue jays they could easily win a few rounds say your friends now whether you pick all number one seeds or you were the only person in your pool to pick umbc that one time what's most important is that nobody else cares the opening two days of the tournament are exciting the stakes are high the upsets we hope are a plenty But whether or not you took Moorhead State to beat West Virginia means very little to your friends and loved ones. And it means even less to the people that follow you on social media. So enjoy making your selections. Enjoy picking 15-seed Grand Canyon to beat number two, Iowa, because it's a funny name for a school. (laughs) Grand Canyon, forget about Moorhead State. I'm not even bringing that up. Enjoy fawning over your completed bracket. Before sending it off to that one guy you used to go to high school who runs the bracket pool every year and you're pretty sure pocket's half of the money. But don't forget, this year has been especially hard on everyone. So now, more than ever, nobody cares about your bracket. So stop talking about it. I bring our digital producer Jesse Rubinoff back into the equation. So how's your bracket, Jesse? <laughs> I'm just kidding.
5: After Ohio State, it's not care. looking good. We I know don't Sean, care. <laughs> Sean brought up the conspiracies. I mean, a two and a 15 over the last decade, the 15s have done better than they've ever done in the history of the NCAA tournament. Maybe they got to look at re ranking these 15 seeds because.
1: No, this is the. This I'm is, just saying. This is new college basketball. Those 15 seeds are full of a bunch of four year seniors, five year seniors if they took a red shirt. They have all the experience in the world, and they get in against one of those power conference schools who don't have the same type of experience, and that's why we're seeing a lot more upsets. And maybe I should have given this speech before round one as opposed to during (laughs) round one, but it seems to have even... like. Every year we're seeing a ridiculous upset, yeah. and this is another one. We never used to see them at all, and I think it's because we're seeing four-year seniors, five-year seniors.
5: It's definitely entertaining for the tournament. It's fun for the viewer to watch. Can I show you one, just one
1: tweet? Yeah. Um, well, you're uh, the digital producer. Yeah, let's
5: let's pull this up. So a Nevada better at uh, William Hill put down $100,000 on Ohio State to win the NCAA tournament. This was just before the game, and they could have won $2 million. And they're out, just like that. The fourth or fifth wow. game in the tournament. They could have won $2 million. They put 100000 I mean, when you're putting down $100,000 on a team to win a tournament with 64 teams, you probably have the money. Yeah, there's, so it's not that big of a deal maybe to him. There's this
1: market with the gamblers where they make the bet and then they look to sell the bet yeah. later on. And that's probably what that better was doing. Well, he...
5: Hopefully, he sold it
1: before
7: they got no, to no, halftime. No.
1: You got <laughs> yeah, to right. win. Right. You got to win. So what you do is you pick a team that you hope wins two or three, and then maybe there's an upset on the bracket, and then your bet becomes worth more to a, to a big fish who will buy that bet. Right. It's like this new – everything has a secondary market. It's happening with gambling, mm-hmm. and I guarantee you that's what he was well, – maybe he's just that high of a roller, but that's what he was trying to do with that Ohio State. He's and out he 100 grand.
5: And out 100 grand.
1: Ate it on day one. And I uh, just
5: got word uh, Loyola Chicago, Sister Jean. Mm-hmm. It's a final. They're moving on.
1: They are moving on. Ken Palm liked Loyola Chicago, Sister Jean. Uh, nearly unbeatable. Time for a break. Up next, one of the brightest young minds in the hockey world joins me. I'm not kidding. Justin Bourne will join me. We will discuss the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Calgary Flames tonight, the magical start of Connor McDavid and Daryl Sutter's impact on the Flames. Plenty more coming up. Tim and Friends on a Friday. Tim McAuliffe and Friends of the Show continues on Sportsnet at least for a couple minutes until the big shots at Hockey Central take over. Uh, We will continue with our next Friend of the Show on Sportsnet, Five Night of the Fan in Toronto and Sportsnet 360. So if you want to flick to stick with us, please do. Uh, my next friend of the show has carved out a spot in the hockey department the old-fashioned way. He earned it with hard work because it sure as hell wasn't his career with the Alaska Aces or the Idaho Steelheads. I'm kidding. He's still 10 times a player that I ever thought of being. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Justin Bourne.
3: Justin Bourne. Thanks, everyone.
1: Hello <laughs> are my studio
3: audience. I'm good, man. Thanks for having me.
1: Um, I want to talk hockey with you. Um, thank god <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: but so you're not an ncaa march madness guy at all
3: no like i am like everyone else i've probably filled out a bracket and right. lost lots of money on it for 20 years absolutely no idea what
1: would I'm doing. you ever put a hundred thousand dollars on a team to win a tournament yeah where for you sure you got it, you would yeah, yeah. i Were... actually
3: had a hundred thousand on oral roberts <laughs> which is great i'm feeling right. very good about that feeling very good about it yeah
1: uh so you heard the story about this hundred thousand. Like the only thing I can think of if you're betting at that level is that you're hoping to sell it down the road.
3: Well, see, this is the uh the savvy you know, new age you're talking about and Jesse talking about the the top shots. Like everyone yeah. is buying into gambling and everything just to resell.
4: Yes.
3: <laughs> Nothing is actual gambling anymore. No. Uh, yeah. it's kinda of cynical world we live in to <laughs> It be honest. is a
1: kinda of, it is a kind of stuff. Uh, I wanna get into what in the good name of Jay Beagle, who I believe that you played with. Yes. Back in the day. Yes, Connor yes, McDavid indeed. is doing, but uh, Leafs' Flames pregame is coming up in a couple minutes here on Sportsnet, so let's start there. Uh, this is an interesting test of where the Flames will be under Daryl Sutter, at least mm-hmm. in my mind. You go two straight against the Oilers and now two straight against the Leafs. Do they try and play that Daryl Sutter style of play and just slow Toronto down here?
3: Yeah, I think that's kind of their only option. But you know what it reminds me of when uh, John Tortorella took over the Vancouver Canucks and he was like, I think the Sedin should block shots. And everyone was like, <laughs> I don't think this is going to work. This is not a genius yeah. plan. Yeah. You know, you got to have the horses to play the way you want to play. And, you know, Daryl Sutter, they may have some of the horses on the Calgary Flames. I know they talked about uh, leaning heavily on on guys he knew like Lucic and, you know, that's a tough place to start in itself. But. Right. Yeah, good and Monaghan is kind of the core of your team, and I'm not sure that they're going to be able to to stick to a Daryl Sutter way of playing. Uh, they've been better since he's been there, no doubt. Part of that could be a lot of guys auditioning, but uh, yeah, they're, they're going to try, and I'm not sure it's going to be the, the best thing for that roster itself.
1: This is uh, somewhat antiquated, but a few years back, I did research on when you change your coach in the season, it rarely mm. works out. But I do like the idea that Calgary in this division, looked around and said, we might not be able to outgun the top six in Winnipeg or Toronto. Like, I like the idea of saying, let's try a different brand of hockey, especially yeah. in the highest scoring division in the in the league.
3: Yeah, no, going into the year, we talked about it on uh, Hockey Central, and it was like every team in the league or in the division has great forwards and absolutely no one who can defend. Right. So the Flames are the one team you looked at, I guess Montreal a little bit, who could do it a little bit differently what I like about the Sutter hire is it's kind of the last hurrah for good row in that core. It's like, OK, we're going to see if the Flames in this group can do it. If we get them to buckle down, stick to the systems, that core has like chewed through coaches. Yeah, I, I, I think it's like the fifth coach for that core or something like that. So I like the idea of holding their feet to the fire. If Sutter doesn't work, everyone's gone. Right. Like, tree limbs probably gone, Sutter's gone, the core's gone, you're starting over. So before yeah. we start over, let's see what we can do here.
1: I'm with you. Justin Bourne in studio here on Tim and Friends. Lots of questions surrounding the Leafs uh, as they head to their four-day uh, layoff, or as they headed to their four-day playoff. And a lot of them surrounded Freddie Anderson. Um, how much pressure is on him to prove that that skid was just a blip?
3: lot, which is why I think we're hearing Freddie be like, yeah, I'm I'm still not over this injury. You know, I think that that has surfaced at a time where I never considered him him all that injured. So uh, it is relevant, but it's make or break time, not just with the Toronto Maple Leafs, but for his next contract and whatever's going to come next in his career. It's also a really weird time for the Leafs because like, hey, what if Freddie can't find it? And then, you know, at what point would you turn to Jack Campbell and say, I guess we got to give this guy a run of games and see if he can do it. It feels to me like everyone is in the same boat where the best thing that can happen is Freddie Anderson figures it out. Best for Freddie, best for the Leafs, best for all the fans in Toronto. So uh, I imagine they're going to put him in a position to succeed. Uh, Whether he does it or not, I guess we'll see how how nagging that injury really is.
1: It's funny because you you went to Jack Campbell immediately, and I think that there were Leaf fans early in the season that wondered if Jack Campbell could be an answer, and then he got mm-hmm. hurt. like it felt like there was almost this momentum building to say let 's see if Jack Campbell can be the number one. Yeah. Do you think we get there again?
3: I think part of it is the Toronto market itself like <laughs> yeah, you know, there's this yeah. desperation, but really if you yeah. if you do like a, a graph with an x and a y axis and have the starter save percentage and the backup uh, save percentage and see where where that tandem falls. The Leafs fall squarely in the goalie controversy camp. Like, Campbell's been good. Anderson has not been good. So you can see why the fans start to make a little ruckus, like maybe we can make a little switcheroo. Jack Campbell's also 27 or 8. He's played 70 NHL games, 60 NHL games, maybe pump the brakes on he's better than (laughs) Freddie Anderson. Like, I'd rather see if the guy who's got an established career of being above average can be above average again than see if this guy can find it near 30 years old.
1: Yeah, a couple weeks ago you would have said the same thing about the Montreal Canadiens, but the guy's name was Carey Price, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah, and I was. I said that before the right. season. This is the one. The Eric Engels, who I saw was on here before, mm-hmm. absolutely abused me over my uh, <laughs> my preseason ranking of the goaltending by division. I had Montreal in fourth, right, which turned out to be charitable when you look at Gary Price. So um,
1: he's found it a little bit he here. Has. I mean, he gave it back last game a little bit, and it's yeah. Jake Allen tonight. But you like if you just looked at numbers and took names away. From the Montreal Canadiens, it would have been Jake Allen starting way more games, but you can't take the name away. Right? He was once. Can't take
3: the contract away. That's yeah, that's you a big can't issue.
1: Can't take the contract <laughs> away either. Yeah. Um, but that's an. In- so I had this conversation on a Vancouver radio station. Who's the best goalie in the North?
3: Yeah, well, it's really tough. Connor Hellebuck's my guy. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna go with Hellebuck first. Um, but like Dem Bubble Demko, Bubble Demco's a goalie.
1: Do we? Do we, when do we get rid of? I'm. I'm kind of. Are we just
3: going to do Demko?
1: Yeah. Like I'm. I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, <laughs> Bubble Demko is unfair because Bubble Demko is March Demko.
3: Yeah. Bubble Demko played like, I don't know, seven hockey games or yeah. something. This guy's put a, seven in a row here. So, yeah, I think we can say he's one of the guys. What's great for Vancouver is, you know, Holpie was a. Let's see if uh, if Demko needs a little bit of a support situation and it looks like he doesn't he's got it figured out now uh all he's gonna do is drag the Canucks to a worse draft pick but at least there's hope <laughs> that you have a goaltender in well, the seasons to come
1: right like all you got to do is play 700 hockey I guess the rest of the way to make a playoff yeah run. just yeah. be
3: better way better than you actually are right. for an extended period of time it's fine well,
1: but if he's that good maybe they are way better than they actually are
3: wow we're spinning in circles here <laughs> uh,
1: are you surprised that Alex Galchenyuk gets the shot that he's about to get
3: I, no, I'm not because yeah. I don't think there's any other way it makes sense. Like you, you put him on the fourth line with uh, Wayne. Sim- well, Wayne right. Simmons is not really a fourth liner, but you can't can't plug him in there with guys who can't play. I think you got to put him in a position to succeed. It's an interesting tear down and rebuild of people. And my junior coach did this to me, and I'm still fragile to this day because of it. <laughs> right. But like you know, okay, you're going to go down to the American League for the first time. This is your seventh team. You're going to work with a you know skating coach. You're going to work with a skills coach. It's a little bit demeaning when you're, you've scored 30 in the NHL and someone's like, "Hey, we're going to work on catching and passing the puck here." Right. But you do need to start over sometimes. And I, I like what they've done. They gave him the chance to rebuild, figure it out. Then they put him in a position to succeed on a good line. It's it's really the best opportunity he could ask for. And if it doesn't work out, he can't say that they didn't give him a shot.
1: Yeah, it feels like a little psychology too.
3: Yeah. Like I'm sure if that's you're part of it.
1: if you're willing to do this then maybe we'll be willing to put you on the second line with Tavares and Nylander.
3: And I wonder how much that is a test. Like yeah. are you going to go down there and pout, you right. know, or be and if you are, then you're just not going to be a part of our organization. So right. you immediately kind of like, you know, shape the guy how you want from an emotional standpoint. Right.
1: Especially when you're in first in the division when you make the deal yeah. and you bring a guy in you're like, "We're okay." Yeah. But if do you don't not need you. Yeah, <laughs> if you don't want to do this, you don't have to do this. Uh can you stick around? Yeah. All right, awesome. Justin Bourne is going to stick around. Uh, We will discuss McDavid's unreal pace next. Uh, Sportsnet leaving us. They will go to Hockey Central where this young man normally is. We will continue in 60 seconds on Sportsnet 360. Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Is what Connor McDavid is doing even ridiculous for him? We'll discuss that next on Sportsnet 590, The Fan and 360. To McAuliffe and friends of the show, that includes Justin Bourne, who is here for the second hour. And, Justin, uh, early on the show, I was talking about uh, how I talked to Gene Principe before the game last night, and I said, even though he gets as much hype as anyone in hockey, are we still taking what Connor McDavid does for granted? And then he went out, and he scored both goals in a 2-1 win over the Jets. Now he has 20 goals on the year. He's one back Austin Matthews for the league lead but he has 22 more points than Matthews overall. In fact, outside of his teammate, Leon Drysaddle, he's got 16 more points than the third leading scorer in the league, Patrick Kane. 58 points, 20 goals in 33 games. That's 50 goals, 144 points if you project it over an 82-game schedule. So I want to put that in perspective for you and the uh, audience here. Nobody has more than 140 points this millennium. The last guys to score 140 or more, 1995-96, Mario Lemieux, Yara Jagr. Only eight men have ever had more than 144. Phil Esposito, Mike Bossy, Pat LaFontaine, Yara Jagr, Bernie Nichols, Steve Eiserman, and then Mario and Wayne. Did you think we would be talking about a season like this from Connor McDavid?
3: I did. And mm-hmm. it's really sad that it's happening in a year where we're not going to get to see it play out. Yeah. Because it's one thing to prorate games and say, here's what he would have done if it were a full season. It's another thing to do it the whole way. And that's why, you know, earlier we talked uh, in the season, it's like, you know, is Austin Matthews going to get, uh, you yeah, know, 50 goals? 80 goals. Yeah, 80 <laughs> goals? <laughs> yeah. And it was like, ah. you know, I, it, if you prorate it, yes, but you, you have to do it. And so it is disappointing. But I actually think it was with uh, you and Sid where I mentioned preseason. If you look at the back of the hockey card of the all-time greats, yeah. every around this point, season four or five, whatever, things get weird for a couple years where it's just not even a, a fight. Right. They're just the best player in the world, and anyone, and that include Austin Matthews. Anyone you want to compare him to, no one else is even close. Right. This is it for Connor McDavid. This is the, ba- the back of the hockey card season. It's not even close. He's the best player in the world.
1: It's funny too because as I said, Bernie Nichols, I I thought in my head, you and laughed. I had, Poor Bernie Hey, Bernie put up numbers yeah, Like, let's not did. kid ourselves, he right? Yeah. He put up ridiculous numbers And he put them up because he had Gretzky And I was bringing it up in studio earlier today About Rob Brown Like, McDavid outside of Dreisaitl Who can carry it a little bit on his own Hasn't had that guy Where he's got that chemistry with, right? Yeah. Whether it's Kevin Stevens with Mary Lemieux Or Rob Brown with Mary Lemieux Or Bernie Nichols with Wayne Gretzky The guy who just... Clicks and has a ridiculous year, and I thought, if he ever finds another guy yeah. outside of Leon Drysaddle, like we could have another Buck eighty y- or something y- like that. You don't
3: think it's Zach Cassian? <laughs> no, don't I don't think that's the guy. Like it's,
1: it's just so it's damning to the Oilers, yeah. and it's also like if you ju- and it might be a little bit about how good McDavid is that people can't keep up with them other than Leon Drysaddle, right?
3: Well, you know, I have an article on uh, sportsnet.ca, or it's coming tomorrow, on uh, yes, Apulia Yarvey and the season he's having and how awesome he is, and he is all that, but he is playing with Connor. Right. And then everyone right now in Edmonton's talking about Tyson Berry and, oh, my God, he's leading the D, you know, in, in points, and should we extend him for a billion years, and what a, what a bounce back. <laughs> he's playing with Connor McDavid. Right. Zach Cassian's extension, played with Connor McDavid. Right. Leon Drysaddle's heart, a lot of McDavid. There's a bit of a common thread here.
1: Yeah. And it might be the best player. In the it's Connor McDavid. Um, it, it's so interesting, too, because when Barry signed, like everyone looked at that and said, that's a brilliant signing for Tyson Barry.
3: Yes. Yeah, <laughs> because, go, yeah. Go get those. Yeah. I think I would get 20 points as the power play D-man for the Oilers. Yeah. Just pass it to the flanks.
1: Yeah. That's all you got to do. Get it to those two guys. Yeah. And it's almost like. it's almost Give like up my, 20
3: shorties, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. It yeah, might get danced a couple times the other way, yeah. but whatever. But it's it's almost like that's must. Like Sid and I would always say it's must-see TV. The power play. Yeah. Like if I see a power play and I'm on another game and it pops up on the computer and does a little red thing, like flick over. Yeah. It's like
3: the red zone channel, but for (laughs) hockey, it should just be an Oilers PP channel.
1: Yes, without a doubt. I am with you on that. We will pitch it to the bosses up there in the ivory tower. Um, The Oilers seem to be a different team since the Leafs ran through. And what it is is also defense. Like, if you look at their numbers since the Leafs went through and dominated them three straight, they're top, I think, seven in all major defensive categories do you think this is just the ebbs and flows of this season, or do you think that was the kick in the gut they needed? Maybe you know, a little bit I, of both.
3: It, it certainly could be both, but I am a believer in like the mental side of things for a team, and I often bet based on like who's got the motivation. New coach, sure, they're going to yeah. be motivated. Uh, you know, Flyers get their butts handed to them. You know, they go out and they beat the Islanders the next night. So I do think there was a swing there where the Leafs believed they were the best team in hockey in the in the history of hockey maybe, and the <laughs> Oilers were like, okay, we're not there with the best teams, and you know we need to be better. So I think both teams left that series where the Leafs walked all over them and said, one said we have work to do, and the other said this is going to be a cakewalk. Right. And I think their games since that kind of reflect it. And this is the thing, by the way, that drives me crazy is when people say that um, effort is not a thing in hockey at the highest levels. Everyone has to try their hardest to be a professional athlete. Everyone has. It's true, you have to try hard all the time, but like look at the playoffs. Guys can find another gear, and so if they need to in season, they can find that playoff effort for a night. You can't tell me that everyone's trying their hardest every night. It's not possible.
1: I, uh, I oftentimes have conversations with the head coach of uh, the former head coach of the Carlton men's basketball program, Dave Smart, yeah. who won national title after national title after national title. And if he ever heard that effort doesn't matter at the highest level. I, th- I think he might punch me in the face. Yeah. Like If I said that to yeah. him, he may punch me in the face. You can because, find
3: that on Twitter all day.
1: And, yeah, and, he, and he like swears in the NBA, like, you'll see it. There'll be teams that bump out of nowhere, and the Raptors are one of the greatest examples of that. Yeah. Their continual uh, excellence of execution and making sure they take care of the meticulous little things that come with exerting effort
3: to win yeah and that's you know it's partially coaching but i i think that's your leadership core without and, doubt, and i it is. don't think that you can like go trade for it necessarily Nope. you know like i think it has to work with the guys in the room they find their own chemistry and all of a sudden they care about one another yeah. and they work for one another and it becomes a thing that raptors team you know i'm a lifelong hockey guy yeah that is maybe the most i've ever been proud of a team i cheered for right like they just seemed so cohesive and and again it was all for one and all for effort and it was you don't see that much where a team comes together and it's it's like that
1: when you find good culture you will often find the best players being the hardest workers yeah in my mind
3: it's like your kyle being right there right he's your dude
1: right and then you can go to like tim duncan or you can go to the nhl and find the same things but that's in hockey
3: we always just find the opposite you find a bad team and look at the worst or the best player and you're like it's him he doesn't have what it takes right I don't know, go be Phil Castle on the Penguins, and all of a sudden it works.
1: Yeah, I've argued that a thousand times. <laughs> yeah. All right, before we do this week's sports interaction, I know you brought up some betting here. I want to take uh, a look back to last week. All right, we're going to the vault first before we get into this. Okay. A coin flip between the Canadians and Flames in Calgary, kind of leading Calgary on this one. Sutter's debut, second half of back-to-backs with travel for the Habs. I don't know if you know, but uh, that ended up working out. And Justin Bourne basically tweeted the exact same thing on the very same day. Bet like I quite like. Uh, bet I quite like tonight is what Justin tweeted. I, I wrote this down, so if I read terribly, I apologize. <laughs> Montreal is on a back-to-back that includes Vancouver to Calgary travel. Calgary four days rest with incentive to play good systems hockey with effort for new coach. Uh, Montreal goals line is two point five, and the under pays plus one hundred. No guarantees. Good bet, uh, buddy.
3: I got one. I got one. What an
4: honor. What uh, honor!
1: You and I on the same page on that one. Yeah,
3: no, it's uh, it's rare. I feel like where you come across a bet and you're like, this should pay me.
4: Yeah, like th- this makes way too much sense <laughs> yes. to
3: not pay me. Yes. Um, you know the uh, there's times where I feel like that's the case, right. but to actually feel confident enough to tweet it out there, I must have really liked that one. So <laughs> yeah, me too, good for the two of us. I don't. Maybe it was just waiting. a really low hanging fruit bet. I think
1: it was low hanging fruit. <laughs> so let's see if there's any low hanging fruit today. Uh, let's see what. Tonight's games got for you. Time now for inside the lines, brought to you by Sports Interaction, Canada's odds maker. Nineteen plus. Please play responsibly. Leafs negative one hundred and eighty at home to the Flyers. So, or, or home to the Flames. Excuse me. So it looks like folks in Vegas think that the Leafs uh, layoff did them some good. That's heavy favorites. The Rangers coming off that nine nothing win over Philly are plus with one fifteen dogs in Washington. Canadians, minus 188 at home to the Canucks. And Thatcher Demko in net. Montreal, though, 5-0-2 against the Canucks so far this year. Sharks, plus 123. Dogs, at home to the Blues. Golden Knights, minus 190 in San Jose. Um, you like to dabble. Anything, uh, mm-hmm. anything there jump out at you?
3: Two things. I've you know i been betting quite a bit of North Division this year just because I watch it constantly. Yeah. And I feel like I have some idea what's going on there. Yeah. Um, The two I like, I like the Leafs a lot. The Leafs have not had any stretch of rest, and they're old. There's there's old guys. John Tavares, old. Thornton's old. Simmons, old. Spezza, old. They're old, so oh, so I, I like a rested Leafs team. I feel like they they badly needed that. They're at home, and then the Canadians. Uh, their record against the Canucks. It doesn't even matter what it is. They just they beat the pants off the Canucks every time they play. I think the Canucks have taken a few points off them and OT and whatnot. But generally, I really like the Canadians. They're at home. The Canucks are on the tail end of a road trip, so uh, I like the. I'll call them the two the two big Canadian teams. Can I call yeah. them that? Two easternmost.
1: You maybe. don't uh, you don't do the. Uh... Well, they're due.
3: Well, I do sometimes.
1: <laughs> I, I feel I feel like this Canucks is like they're due and Demko's playing so yeah. well that it's worth the shot at plus 150.
3: How about Demko's playing so well and the Canadians don't score, so betting the under. Do you like that?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I will say this. Um, you pointed this out to our producer, Jeff Azapardi, and I wanted to pass it along. Uh, team's record in the second half of back-to-backs when traveling between games to face the new opponent, um, overall it's just twelve fifteen and two. But in a North Division where we're traveling coast to coast in Canada, or at least pretty close to, two eight and two yeah. on the year. It's
3: pretty brutal. I mean, the schedule for these teams is condensed, and it—I yeah. mean, it has to be. But it usually doesn't get condensed with travel. Right. So that, I think that's you know, you and I both jumping on that one opportunity. I, that's really one thing that's lost with fans is is the struggle of arriving in a new place. Like they they would have arrived back in Edmonton last night, Winnipeg yeah. Ed, uh, and Edmonton at about one in the morning. So you get home, you know, you got to get back to your place and unpack your stuff. You're asleep at three. Right. You know, you're playing again that night. It, it's really tough to be a. If the a kids athlete. are
1: home, yeah, they might pop up. Up at wanna 7 a.m. Yeah, I want to have some, yeah, have some uh, popcorn with you late at night or in the morning, a little cereal. Yeah, yeah. So
3: it's it's uh, really hurting teams, and actually it's hurting the quality of play once in a while. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It
1: is. Uh, can you stick around for one more segment? you got it, buddy. Are you sure?
3: I'm a friend of Tim.
1: <laughs> All right, awesome. <laughs> I need them, especially now. Time for one final break. When we come back, we crown the best of the week winner, and we do last call. Friday, Rubinoff. I need last call, I'll tell you that much. It's been a long weekend. Tim and Friends, time now to reveal the best of the week winner. You've been voting at Tim and Friends on Twitter, and your winner is.
0: Phyllis, there's something I need to tell you, something I've never told you before.
5: Okay, tell me.
0: It's serious. It could change everything.
5: Nick, is there someone else?
0: No. No way, there could never be anyone else.
5: Okay, so just tell me.
0: Okay. In 2012, I didn't have Lehi over Duke like I told everyone I did. What did you just say? I had Duke win in the whole thing. My bracket was in ruins. The Plumley brothers, they were amazing. I, what was I supposed to do? Get out of my hotel. Don't act like you didn't think Austin Rivers was unstoppable, Get too.
4: out of my life!
1: <sighs> there are no dummies on those soap operas. What? Like They know what, what I they're doing.
3: What was I just party to? I, <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so, so we, we offer up clips from the week for people to vote on for the best of the week. Yeah. Uh, that was our that winner. That was the that best was, of forever. That was Young and the Restless talking about his That didn't appear in the show, did it, Jesse Rubinoff? No. Like I don't I think I don't that. That's got to be. No. They just no. recorded that no. because they knew it would go viral and appear yeah. on short shows like this that are stupid enough to but give they wanted them it the, to be on Tim Friends. Yeah. That's why I they respect
3: their acting all the all the more. Particularly <laughs> her. She was fantastic. Yeah,
1: she was Sold one of Phyllis, heart. I believe. Phyllis, not, you know for sure you not, mean not not like I used to watch Young and the Restless and yeah. anything like that. But I whatever. knew them
5: both too.
1: <laughs> really? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh uh, man, Nick and Phyllis. You didn't you didn't do that in university?
3: No. What do you mean? Did, no, no one does that <laughs> in university. That's not a thing people do.
1: Wow, you you were an athlete in university. The rest of us. I I didn't want to like.
3: I didn't want to sound like super condescending, but that did come to my mind. It's like I was kind of busy.
1: I was doing work and (laughs) working out and doing things like that. I just sat on my fat ass and watched Young and the Restless. It actually sounds kind of awesome. (laughs) It was when I quit playing sport. It was a bad time actually. It wasn't.
3: Uh, Jesse Rubenoff,
1: bail me out. Uh, Can we actually do drinks for this last call?
5: Yeah, Friday edition of Last Call. Before we get to Last Call. Nick Nurse just met with the media, and OG Ananobi will be back in the lineup tonight, and you think that would be good news, but Nick Nurse still sounding a little bit exasperated. Why don't we listen to the clip? He just met with the media.
9: I feel like we're back almost to square one, you know, in a lot of senses here, right? We've got a lot of people back. Pretty much um, we've had a number of issues all year long. Um, I think we're back at you know kind of kind of square one. Listen, I'm I'm I got my kind of five main guys that we know that have been here for a while. We're still searching with Baines. We're still searching with Boucher. They've got to be better defensively. Um, and after that, I, after that, that's why I feel like I'm back at square one. I I couldn't tell you who's who's impacting the games positively. It's not our biggest problem though. We got. We got all kinds of, we got to get our main guys back in shape too. I mean, there's more, you know, we're getting our ass kicked at the rim at both ends, not rebounding. I mean, there's there's all kinds of, I mean, the, the, the ship has got holes all over the place. We're trying to patch up.
5: Sounds exasperated and exhausted and like he doesn't know I, what's
1: coming. Listen, man, they went through a hell of a two week period here where guys are testing positive for COVID. Freddie comes back, he's two for thirteen from the floor. At least Kyle was Pascal. They were a combined seven of thirty-seven. Yeah. Kyle, Pascal, and Freddie. And now you get OG back. You can't expect him to just jump in and no, play it's great be a basketball while. against the best team in the NBA. Like I get why he's zigzag
3: That had to be like fresh off a lazy practice where he's just discussing <laughs> with <laughs> everyone letting him know. Yeah. It has to is, be.
1: But it's also like I think there's a little bit of reality that's sinking in with the Raptors, and you wonder if that leads to perhaps a different view on this trade deadline.
5: Yeah, it was just a couple days ago. Nurse, nurse said he, he thought the team deserved a chance to try and make a run for it. So, who knows? Maybe that
1: has changed after that here, lazy actually. practice. That's <laughs> a great point. I think it was a practice yeah. and he comes out and he's like, these... Bleeps think yeah. that they can just walk through practice. Let me <laughs> let me hammer them in the media.
3: Yeah, these guys deserve a chance to do whatever, but their ship has holes everywhere. Like <laughs> we're getting mixed
4: reviews here. Let's go
5: to the from the NBA to March Madness. Lots of March Madness talk today. And of course, in accordance with NCAA health protocols, players and staff members in the bubble must undergo daily COVID testing. But the BYU Cougars, they found a way to break up the monotony of the testing. Have a listen. <laughs>
4: Foot Seven out of Kansas City, Missouri. Oh, uh, oh, uh,
2: oh, I've been yeah. Just recently freed. Yeah.
4: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
5: Justin Moore, what's the best introduction you've ever had
3: no one's ever introduced me here I got applause today I don't know if you guys remember that that was pretty high end but university was the best wasn't it like just fun all the time
1: yeah no worries you could just do stuff like that sit and watch young and the restless I mean
3: (laughs) I mean work out and stuff yeah go to the gym
1: and yeah the best skate at the university of Anchorage.
3: Nick and Phyllis.
1: Is that what it was? Yeah, he nailed it. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad he didn't screw we'll see
5: up. Staying with college basketball, Minnesota guard and Toronto native Marcus Carr has entered the transfer portal and will play his senior year at another school, Carr, really? who scored 30 or more points four times this season immediately becomes the most sought after transfer available. We saw Markham Ontario's Andrew Nemphard make a similar move last year, going from Florida to Gonzaga. Timmy's pick, right? We heard that earlier in the show. Yeah. Tim, do you think this is a good move for Carr?
1: I think he's really talented and Minnesota kind of gave him the rock and let him do what he wanted, but they weren't as good as uh, I think he probably would have liked, but it yeah. got opportunity. and. Maybe, you know, COVID's just such a different world and maybe he wants to be closer to home. I'd have to know more about the story to really make a judgment. But there, he arrived. He's good. He yeah. arrived at Minnesota. And I don't know what's more fun, watching him Or if you follow his brother, Dwayne Notice, who played at South Carolina, was really good there too. Uh, Watching him watch his brother play on Instagram might be one of my favorite things of all time. Love the support. eh? Family support, that's huge. Family support is awesome.
5: Last one. Quite a scene in uh, Melbourne, Australia Thursday as Aussie Rules football returned to the city for the first time since July. 48,000 fans were on hand after authorities approved a half-capacity crowd at the Melbourne Cricket Ground. Tim, to sing this... How awesome as it is, give you hope. Yeah,
1: I tweeted this out earlier, Justin, just to kind of like soak it in. No politics, no nothing. Just seeing a 48,000 at a game is awesome.
3: Uh, just think, you can do it at a Texas Rangers game in about <laughs> yeah. three weeks. Look, That's the second <laughs> Texas Rangers drop today. Slight difference,
1: uh, zero cases in Melbourne, not such the case in Texas. Hey, thanks for doing this. This was, was fun.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me anytime.
1: Jesse, Good thank you, you for thank doing you. this. Uh, friends, thank you for doing this. We'll be back and talk to you on Monday.
5: It's Friday, then it's Saturday, Sunday, What? It's Friday, then it's Friday, Sunday, What? It's Friday
4: again. This night, Sunday, what? It's Friday, Sunday.
1: Yes, friends, the North is getting crazier than a Bills fan pondering a Super Bowl matchup with the Dallas Cowboys.
4: Can't wait to rub this in his face. He's been telling us this for over ten years about Dallas. Monster <laughs> <laughs> well, <it's the> kill. <laughs>
5: St. Paddy's Day is tomorrow. A lot of people like to indulge on St. Paddy's Day drinking a little bit of green beer. Mm -hmm. Cut or uncut green beer on St. Paddy's Day. Go uncut.
7: Who cares? It all comes out the same way.
5: What's your dream sports trip with your kids? He loves Coming. Australia, and I
7: try to manipulate him, saying, well, you know, they do have pro hockey in Australia, so if you pick up your hockey lessons, you can go play pro. So now he's picking up his hockey because he thinks it's a, a <laughs> one-way ticket to Australia. But how long <laughs> really does that bad? play, 24 hours? Or? Yeah. I'm not, at, uh, I'm not enticed to go no, it's down it. under.
5: It's worth it. You'll have fun if you go there. Have you See been? You there? I've never been, but I I've <laughs> okay.
1: <like> <laughs> Busted. How are you, Kenny? Yeah, it's over for the (laughs) Raptors. Sorry? They had their little championship thing, right? They were the... Little championship In summation, you're saying the chips and the dip are two years ago, coming from the guy who's who's clinging to a trophy that he won in 1990 (laughs) and putting it on the desk here at Tim and Friends. If we can get, like, a LaMelo ball or a John
5: Morant in this Rising Stars pack, that will be insane.
1: Click to reveal. Here we go. Jesse Rubinoff, hoping that he gets... Somewhere in the neighborhood of a hundred thousand dollar card. Three, two, with this last reveal. One. It opens up. Oh my God! Charlotte really Hornets rare. <gasps> Le- oh, It's a yeah, that's up. what we wanted.
8: Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend.